Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, another dead inmate. Also, the V-Team takes a look at silly pre-filed bills. And the Porch Creek's billion dollar ad campaign. It's a snag. And we have liftoff of Antares, the Dwarf 3 mission that brings sickness on its third CRS mission to the ISS. Got main engines at 108%. Avion Oops. Up in flames. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Beth Clayton, attorney at law and Democratic operative, Susan Britt, associate ed editor of APR, and Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Hey. You have to remind everybody the, you know, to, to, if you don't get the show on television, Sometimes you can always get our podcast, mm -hmm. which is going quite well. Or, or you can also view it on the website itself. On the website itself, mm -hmm. uh, Alabama Political Reporter or ALReporter.com. AL AL I, I guess if you'd rather listen to us than look at us, you can. That's <laughs> well, God, I, 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 heard, I heard there are Republicans who prefer to watch me and not listen to me. So I, well, <laughs> maybe for you it's the other I, way around. I don't think it's just Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that fine note, you know, for the past 10 years, Susan, uh, the porch band of Creek Indians have steadily grown in power. They have become so wealthy that they are currently offering the state $1 billion in what I call funny money, kind of fuzzy math, but $1 billion to give them a monopoly over gaming. Mm -hmm. And while Porch Creek may seem like the benevolent uh, uh, tribe of once oppressed people, they have become a political powerhouse that rivals the former AEA and BCA. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand just how formidable they are. They can kill anything. And they've done it, they did it last year when they killed the lottery bill or the all over gaming bill. I mean, that was a direct hit from PCI through Greg Albritton, um, no doubt about that. And if they can do that now at this level, uh, of, of giving, they can certainly do it with a monopoly to be able to give more to legislators. But people need to remember, this is not them giving a billion dollars a year. This is mm -hmm. giving a billion dollars one time, and then they've got monopoly on gaming forever. This is not reoccurring the revenue. Mm -hmm. And Josh, uh, just to, to make a fine point of it, and people may agree or not agree or disagree, but the thing is, is that when you have any one group Mm -hmm. that can stop any legislation, that's too much. Yeah. But the Porch Creek have proven time and time again that anything 
that stands in the way of their business interest, they will kill or promote that legislation. Now, not that BCA didn't want to, or not that AEA didn't want to, but it took them a long, long time to get that powerful. Porch yeah. Creek have gotten that powerful in a very short period of time. Yeah, well, they have a lot more money, yeah. uh, you know, to, to throw around. And, you know, and I've said a bunch of times, you know, in, in fairness to them, you know, I think uh, that's basically what they, they, you know, everybody would do here is try to protect their own interests. Sure. The thing that should be standing in the way are our legislators there. They should not be bought and paid right, for every right. uh, every chance they get with, you know, the Greg, the Greg Albritton example was r really ridiculous. And I think... What people also need to remember about the billion dollar deal is, is that in less than five years, we will lose a billion dollars yeah. on that billion dollar deal. Uh, just the way the math works out with the taxes on the gaming that we could have versus the taxing on the gaming that they're going to offer and what we're exactly. going to be allowed to tax them. This is it's the equivalent. This is equivalent of them giving Alabama a payday loan. Yes. And that's what we're doing here, saying, yep. well, we need the money now, so let's take the billion dollars now and forget the fact that we're losing $5 billion down the road. You know, each time we turn around, we're losing the money. Well, and the fact is, we don't need the money. We, you know, the uh, Education Trust Fund is going to have about an extra mm -hmm. $500 million in it this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're kind of flush with cash. So this is a good time to make these decisions, not to make them. I mean, look, you got greedy guts lawmakers down there <laughs> that the whiff of a $10 bill can get them following you down the hall. So a billion dollars is huge, mm -hmm. right. right? They want this. But again, I go back to my conservative friends. Now, when we the state passed the toughest in the nation pro-life bill, mm -hmm. the legislature gave themselves a standing ovation. If the Porch Creek saw that a piece of legislation like that would cost them business, Susan, I believe they'd kill it. They absolutely would kill it. That's why they killed the lottery bill last year. That's the same, you know, it would be the same reasoning. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't blame, like Josh said, for protecting their own interest. But when they're protecting their own interest at the cost of the whole state, yes. I've got a problem with it. Well, just the amount of money they've spent on ads, Josh, <laughs> would probably keep us all well-heeled for the rest of our lives. Yeah, no, that, that's 100% true. And, and that's right. It's, you know, the, the balance that you have to have is, is you know, doing things. You don't want to shut the Porch Creeks out of, out of stuff, and I don't think anybody's looking to do that. But you also have to have the balance to where things are good for the rest of the state. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you had, first and foremost, when we send people down to Montgomery uh, for your interest, they're expected to protect your interest and, yeah. and do what's best for you and their constituency, not what is best for a handful of people or whoever pays them the most money. Right, and my problem is just this. You have 4,000, approximately 4,000 people that have, a, that their, their, their leaders have a billion dollars to play around with, mm -hmm. to tell, and they want to tell us what to do. But we can't go to Atmore and have any influence in what they do. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with that. But, but before we move on, I want to talk about how much, Beth, is a billion dollars. I mean, it's a bunch, right? I mean, it's so it's a lot of money. I, I I've never seen a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's a th it's a what is it? It's Susan? a thousand it's a million. Thousand million dollars. If you <laughs> laid dollar bills yeah. back to back or end to end, you could circle the globe four times. Wow. Well, and yeah. there's also we were talking about there's you know 540 billionaires in the United States. Right. There's 540 people with this much money. Right. And that's just about one for each person in Alabama who's going to die because we don't expand Medicaid. So <laughs> yeah. it's 
Now that's how to backdoor into yeah, it is, issues. It is, it is. <laughs> hey, listen, if you, however you need to get there, right? And I mean, you know, and you were talking about the porch creeks killing all the all the legislation or whatever. And I was thinking, well, well, maybe we can get them on our side and start killing some of this dumb stuff that yeah. we're going to talk about later in the show. Yeah, well, there's I'll that. Lobby, I'll lobby for them for yeah. Yeah. any on the dollar. You know, well, and you know, that's that's million. another thing. That's right, <laughs> Susan. Me a penny. Out of every one of those dollars, would give one person ten million. That's right. When the average Alabamian, Alabama but, family only makes that's a forty-eight thousand. But, but don't be fooled; these legislators down here in Montgomery are run through it like water. Uh, that's right. They'll work for a whole lot less. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. All right, well, we have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. When we come back, fair justice or no justice. A lot can change in five years, except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill, because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled, five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Josh, we know from Speaker Mac McCutcheon and President Pro Tem Del Marsh that they will address prisons mm -hmm. in this upcoming session. Now, are they just talking about brick and mortar or are they talking about criminal justice reform? Because if we do not, if we just build prisons mm -hmm. and do not address criminal justice reform, most smart people believe that we will still have prison crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, Alabamians for Fair Justice has made a list of things that they think need to be done. Could you give our viewers just kind of an idea of what this coalition is looking for? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, uh, prison reform, I mean, the sentencing reform right. is, is top of the list. And, that, and that's kind of doing away with, you know, a lot of these standard three strikes and you're out rules or whatever, and, and kind of putting uh, sentencing back in the hands of the judges that we elect. Right. Uh, you know, and, and really, if, 
You know, if we're going to elect these folks and we're going to task them with with finding guilt or innocence or even, you know, sentencing these folks, why are we taking that out away from them? Why are we deciding arbitrarily uh, in Montgomery that three strikes of stealing, you know, gum from a store is going to lock you in jail for 30 years uh, versus a judge who can say, you know, listen, I know this this certain situation right here. Maybe there's some mental illness that's taking place. Maybe there's some things, some some exterior Addiction, factors. Drug abuse. Yeah, that, that are going on and there's a better pathway that we can choose for this person that would help them more, why are we taking that away from judges? And I think that's what has, first of all, stacked our prisons to the brim mm -hmm. uh, and also removed a lot of the, uh, of the discretion of judges. Well, and I think that's a fair point. I mean, at one point, judges had much more discretionary mm -hmm. uh, powers than they do today, Beth, because they have to really... There's a formula that they have to go through on sentencing. It's not something they do in their head. It's something they do on a piece of paper. Yeah, it's literally it's a worksheet. It. Like yeah. it's a worksheet where you put, okay, what's the charge and how, what's the range and plus the column and minus column and it spits out a number. And I mean, I, I get the point of this was so that if you get, you know, assigned to this judge, you're going to jail for 20 years. You get assigned to that judge, you're probably getting dismissed. And they're trying to even that out a little bit between the judges. But that's what the electoral process is for. And, you know, honestly, in Jefferson County and in other counties where they have things like drug court and veterans court, we've seen really great successes with dropping down that recidivism rate because people are able to get the services they need to not commit more crimes versus getting stuck in the cycle of paying fines and then not being able to pay fines and trying to go to work to pay able to pay their fines and then missing court because they were at work to try to pay the fines and then they get an FTA. And it's this, vi I mean, if you've never talk to somebody who's been caught up in the system. It's insane. It's not that we do not want hardened criminals and violent offenders behind bars. Mm -hmm. We do. What we don't want to do is put people in jail that would be better served in another way of handling it, like drug courts. Drug courts. Susan, Pell City. Pell City has, uh, what is it, 98% on their drug court? Yeah. I mean, Success it's rate. Without it's, they've been doing this for years. Yeah. This is not something that, this is not just the statistics from last year. We're talking more than 10 years they've been yeah. doing this with 98%. And once, once you 98 take- 98% success, success rate. rate. yeah. Uh, but once you take that person and the drug court's not available and they end up in prison, what else are they gonna learn so that when they get back out and then, then your recidivism rate goes up even Well, higher. and they get out and now they've got a prison sentence under their belt. They've got a whole mm -hmm. lot of not very good friends because they made a bunch of friends in prison who aren't helpful to their you know well-being. And they have to come out with no job and probably no residence because you can't keep those things up when you've not been in when you've been in jail. Your car's been repoed, your dog's gone, run away. I mean, your whole life's upside down, and you got to like fix it again. Song. Yeah, it really <laughs> does. You wonder why they want to right? And then you wonder why they go drink yeah. too much and run their car into a brick. Well, and, <laughs> and, and, and we're gonna have to change subjects here. We're going. I'm getting to too worked I, up on this. I'm no, sorry. I, listen, our, our prisons are a cesspool uh, at this point. What we have turned our prisons to are, is a place where people go and get worse. Mm -hmm. All right. If you can go in as a as a common thief and you come out a murderer, uh, you know, and that's or you something get that murdered. We, yeah, or you get murdered, and that's something we've got to change. Here is is that we we've done it wrong for too long, and even the violent criminals that we're talking about, other countries have figured out ways to rehabilitate these folks, and there's no reason the most wealthy country in the world can't do the same. Well, for we've we've had a mentality that says lock them up, throw away the key, mm -hmm. and We've learned a lot more about how to deal with criminals mm -hmm. and how to be able, deal with people who have made mistakes mm -hmm. over the years. And so this is what we have to get to. We know how to be tough on crime. 
We need to learn to be smart on crime, and there are ways, proven ways of doing that. We need to move on. Uh, we've got about two minutes left. Susan, uh, last year, we were APR was able to document at least 14 prison homicides that we could find out about it. Mm -hmm. We had another death mm -hmm. uh, on the ninth day of, of January, starting off our new decade. Yeah. And we had to dig that one up too. Not, not, no pun intended, I'm sorry about that. But we had to dig up the story yeah. on that. We still do not know whether this gentleman was murdered or died of natural causes. He was awfully young to have died of natural causes. Yeah, they're, they're saying uh, they're not gonna know the cause of death until after the autopsy. But I mean, come on people, this is ridiculous. We got 14 people last year in Alabama prisons that died of violent crimes, of, you know, of, yeah. of violence. And that's more than we've had in the last decade. However, the more we dig into the prison thing, the more we're beginning to find out that <laughs> this stuff just doesn't get reported on. That's right. Yeah. It's not that there were, we only know. Yeah, it could have been in decline for all we know. Yeah. You know, I mean, but uh, really it's, uh, it's, it's terrible. And it, kind of, it goes back to what I was saying. It, it, this, the, our prisons are awful. They are, they are terrible places. And the, the question here is whether or not this guy died of violence mm -hmm. or probably a drug overdose. Right. Uh, which, and then you think, well, how in the hell is he going to die of a drug overdose in prison? Yeah. You know, well, half the time the guards are taking drugs into the prison. Because it's more lucrative to do that than, right, than yeah. to get paid. Well, we have mm -hmm. some good correctional officers, dedicated men yes. and women. However, <laughs> yeah, when however, you don't pay people, yeah. there's always the temptation mm -hmm. to become corrupt. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the thing you see is. It at every level. Yeah. yeah, every level of every, every profession. Even when we do pay them enough, sometimes they're okay with it. My government. Yeah. Well, and the thing, <laughs> is, the, the thing He's is, not in jail, by the way. Yeah. Is, yeah. Speaking of prisons, is we have to. We really do. We we have to address this seriously. Speaker McCutcheon, uh, President Pro Tem Marsh, and Governor Ivey say they're doing it. Mm -hmm. We'll see. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. When we come back, silly and wicked games at the State House. What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success plus. Go for it. Hey man, what are you doing today? Um, playing the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a head on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation.
to be the voice of Alabama politics. You know, we understand that there's going to be a ventriloquist podcast coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Is Josh going to be the dummy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm no, no, no. I'm going to have somebody's hand up my butt. That's nice. Oh. oh. Hey. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, it is something important. <laughs> uh, speaking of silly things, so really, and all. Oh, something just, sillier than Josh being a ventriloquist yeah, dummy. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, there is a bill, pre-filed <laughs> pre bill that requires that public school students, K through 12, all have to listen to the national anthem every day, and the national anthem has to be played at the start of every school-sponsored athletic event. While I'm in favor of people singing and if you, it's possible to sing the national anthem. Yeah, please don't I, I'm sing in it. favor of the national anthem. Let me put it that way. I'm proud of our heritage, proud of the Pledge of Allegiance, proud of those things. Proud to be an American. But to make them or at least I know mandatory, to make them so that students have to listen to them every day. Susan, there's just something that just is creepy about that. Little fashion. Oh, it's very pander bear stuff. I mean, these are Panda bear bills, we get them every legislative session. This is just another one. I mean, the, I mean, it's not like children don't already have to say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning and all of that. But are they going to be required to stand? I think Beth brought up, are they going to be required to do all four verses? verses? Who knows, though? It's like Amazing Grace. Everybody knows the first verse, and you all kind of just like hum through the rest of it. Right. Like, I mean, I, of course, no, it hasn't had any amendments yet. They're going to come up with some more silly amendments to it. I guarantee it. But, I mean, for me... If you're trying to inspire patriotism, mm -hmm. this is sort of like giving the people their spinach. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like feeding them the stuff they don't want and not give, teaching them about things like the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear all the Coding. time about the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the biggest thing that people try to take away from you is your First Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. Freedom of the press, freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Yep. These are the things that people really are going after while they're going, oh, they're taking away your Second Amendment rights over here. Yeah. You know what it is? It's a waste of time. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that every day some poor vice principal or assistant principal or assistant lady in the front office is going to have to go dig up the Star Spangled Banner <laughs> CD and throw the stupid thing <laughs> on for everybody real. to sit there in class and go, nah, 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 <laughs> uh, and wait on that to end. And that it's just going to be nonsense. And, what, and, and in our story, we showed that you could download it from the Library of Congress. Well, so it's but, right but, there. But, <laughs> well, let's not do forget that. This, this is going to give, you know, let, let's not deprive teenage boys of making up their own lyrics uh, to be able right. to sing under their breath to the annoyance of their teacher. I'm but not, also, not. this is one of those bills where, like, on its face, there's nothing wrong with it right. besides, like, just the weird nationalism tones. But it's one of those where it's like, oh, you didn't support that. You must not be an American. Uh, like, it's one of those, like, false equivalency bills where yeah. they're trying to back people into a corner for not supporting it. And it's just stupid on its face. Well, you know, the thing is, all right, I can... I consider it, it people that say you're not patriotic for not wanting to make kids listen to the national anthem every day are the same people who would say you're unpatriotic for standing up against oppression mm -hmm. or standing up against lies or standing up against government 
corruption. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get caught. I would contend that some of the greatest, most patriotic Americans to ever live are the ones who stood up and said, mm -hmm. enough is enough. We have to change. Mm -hmm. Like Colin Kaepernick. What's uh, that? Like Colin Kaepernick. Or like, uh, you know, the fact that we're a country founded on somebody like flipping the middle finger to the big yeah. government overlords. Exactly. Like, that's kind exactly. of our exactly. MO. Yeah, that's that's what we do here. Kind of where we go a whole lot, a revolutionary war kind of thing. Yeah. It's, you know, here's. Where we said I'm no. Almost to the point where I would be like, all right, you know what? Fine. We, we will say the pledge. We'll, we'll play the national anthem. We'll say the morning prayer. We'll put the Bible on the desk. We'll do whatever. If after all of that's done, our school still sucks, <laughs> then you got to fund them properly. Okay? If we'll do all of these things that you want to have happen, all these pandering things, if you'll then fund the schools, we'll do them all. Well, you know, some of the people I know went to some of the schools that do all that. And some of them are the worst people yeah. I've ever met. But they don't know the facts. Again, I go back. If you want to teach patriotism in our school, one of the simplest ways to do it, teach them about self-government, teach them about democracy, teach them about respect for our Constitution. Mm -hmm. And but your neighbors. Yeah. I don't, don't I don't try to shove it all down their throat and the, expect them to regurgitate patriots. Well, it's sort of like it kids, work like kids that. that you make go to church every Sunday, you know. Uh, after a while, they get tired of going. They don't want to go. They may stand, stand outside the church and pray for osmosis, but mm -hmm. they don't want to go in, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it is what it is. Another bill that, you know, and I don't, this is a bill in search of a problem. State Representative Chris Pringle, who is also running for Congress from the 1st District, has introduced a bill that says that if you're a K through 12 student, uh, you must play the sports that are, you must play on a sports team that matches your birth gender. So he is worried about mm -hmm. some young, young girl who wants to play on the boys' team because uh, she now identifies with... Yeah, he's worried boys. about the boys that, that are, you know, that identify as female later in life and, and, and play, you know, female sports. And, and, and because it's an unfair advantage the one time it's happened in the country or wherever, however many times it is. Is this like, just, we're hearing from the Alabama uh, Athletic Association no, this is going on? No, and, but it and looks, it's just so dumb. But, also, but it looks good on his congressional website, y'all. Come it's on. all the girl act. That's where I got the thing. Because it's protecting yeah, oh, those I, poor little girls yeah, and from, they're letting them play their sports over there. Yeah. So, but my question though is like, and I don't know, this is a real question, but like the if you are transitioning or you are doing gender confirmation, they change your hormones to do so. And so would you even have fewer male at birth, would you even have the testosterone levels to, uh, I don't know, I, I mean, think it, it, it. Not to mention there are many, many kids born in America that have both genitalia. Okay, uh, so, well, you know, uh, we got about, <laughs> yeah, how, do you, how do you define that in this bill? And you know, it's only a few days to the legislative session and we will be talking about bathrooms and yeah. other wonderful things. Yeah, the Again. Hard yeah, the yeah. important hard topics. Well, there you go. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.